I'm going to count down from five, and then everyone's going to say boop at once. It's got to be quiet so you can see it. Okay. Right? That makes sense. It, it does. Do that. Here we go. Boop. Oh my god, that was so cool. War Podcast episode 41, go! Woo! We're all back. It's party time. Yay. I'm Yay. so excited. Yay! Yeah. Oh, I missed everyone so much. It was just a block of waveforms. Miss you my too, boop. Mason. Yeah! Hey! Uh, all right, let's go around the horn. Hi, Alex. Hi, Mason. Hi, Dan. Hi, Mason. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Mason. What's up, guys? Not much, man. Not week much. Week two of week Remote two. Podcast. Was well, it more like week four? Yeah. The first one we did was like yeah. right when I first moved out here when Alex was still in Australia. Yeah. I can't count. <laughs> it's okay, Mason. I'm sorry. That's not required in my internship to count. Yeah. <laughs> Good. No numbers. They don't. They don't throw numbers at you at all. No, no. The engineers do the counting. We we, use, lots pri- of we use primary colors, red, blue, and industrial yellow. designers that are really really good at sketching. Yeah, and I gotta uh, make my sketches better. Nice. Yeah, they, they make my sketches look like both crap, and they take a really long time. So, yeah, nice. It's a lot of just you know, hanging around. No, we've been busy. We actually yeah. got really busy at the end of the week. It was really weird. Because yeah, like we started first... out and had like nothing to do for the first maybe day, and then all of a sudden it was like a deluge, and then the, there was the too much work. Just opened. It was intense. I feel like that's that's kind of a par for the course for most new jobs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially intern life. I had nothing to do for like the first two days, and I was like, "Well, screw that! I I can't can't have nothing to do." So I went and inserted <laughs> so I went and myself into, on my into desk. like that's right, and that's exactly, and that's what I've been doing for three weeks. Uh, but it's a standing yeah. desk, so I can I, I can do it standing up or sitting down. Do you it's really great. have a standing desk? Well, it's a mo- it's yeah. You like push a little button and it's like it's the masturbation desk. That's yes. Sweet. I work across from Jessica Sugarman, so I just spend the whole day just annoying her. Nice. So I don't know who that is. Yeah, she's a girl who goes to Brand Center. She's art director. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what's what have you guys been up to? Dan, well, no, <laughs> dead silence. Dan, go first. Okay, oh what have I been up to? So yeah, about I finished up my third week at Team One, and so that's kind of been my focus, uh, working on, you know, working on stuff there. Uh, some really cool VR stuff, some really cool UX stuff, some uh, 360 video stuff, and. Um, you know, getting my feet under me, and uh, it's a cool agency. It's a cool space. Uh, I get fruit every day at work, so that's nice. I get coffee every day at work, so that's nice. Nice. Uh, we get fruit and coffee too. Nice. I like it. I buy myself um, fruit and coffee. Also, also nice. Yeah. I like that. I, I, yeah. And then I don't drink the coffee. Oh, that's sad. I started drinking that's coffee sad. black. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. I know. Because I've been like dark side. tracking all those macros and stuff, and apparently creamers just like sugar. Oh, so oh yeah, bad for you. Oh yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Oh well. I like just black, bitter, strong coffee, and I'll have like five or six cups a day. It's great. 
I like I like tea with nothing in it, so I think that that's carried yeah. over to my my coffee. Like I don't mind the bitter drink, and I like I like yeah. IPAs and I like bitter beer. So yeah, yeah. Um, I mean the key the key with drinking it black is you just need to make sure that the the pure like it's got to be good coffee. I mean you can't yeah. you can't drink black like Folgers because it just tastes like I was I was about to throw that same brand out. Yeah, speaking but it's the best part of waking up. Is Folgers in your cup <laughs> and not in your mouth. Place have uh, ground Folgers sitting in like the pantry area of the apartment. Yum yum. I so, like. I don't mind Folgers. So you yeah, one drinks Folgers black? black. So yeah, I mean, I, it's just you know, you know it's whatever. <laughs> it's all, right. it's all coffee. That's where my creamer time. I'm not a coffee snob. I mean, I wish you know. I'm not a coffee snob either. I just I'm I'm a no. I, I'm, I'm a, saying that I'm a cut putting you things down. into my mouth that don't taste like shit snob. Oof. Oh, okay. Oh, we're gonna, I'm gonna leave that one there. Shit. Oh wow. <sighs> Shit. This week on the Ward Podcast, we talk I'm, about at Folgers. I'm joking, Mason. <laughs> huh? Oh, I love putting shit in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> um, we're in that in that weird German porn. So Dan, I know you can't talk about what you're working on. No, but I can talk about some stuff. Um, well, but I want to ask you because, so you're doing VR stuff. Yeah, and we're so that's what I was going to talk right, about. I, I, we, I don't know which one of us going to get put on it. We're about to go into a VR project too. Nice. So yeah, so um, I mean, I can be open about the fact that like my work is all for Lexus. I'm not gonna. I can't say like specifically what a lot of the work is, but uh, you know. Lexus is like the 800 pound gorilla at team one. We do have a few other clients, but Le- like Lexus is everything. And Lexus is why you exist. Lexus is why it exists. Yeah. Um, uh, but VR is cool because, you know, we're trying to, aside from develop, like we, we did do some concepting specifically for things with Lexus that I can't quite go into. But um, aside from that, just, just, the overall conversation about um, kind of UI in VR and uh, good VR versus bad VR, existing things in VR, where it can go, um, kind of investigating all of that, and then looking at the technical stuff too. You know, we did some did some work with Unity on Wednesday, um, where I can now I can now create myself a scene and I can make it look like stuff with stuff in it. Uh, that, and you can that, go into it in VR. And you can go into it in VR. And you can go into it with an HTC Vive and pick pick shit up and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, nice. uh, yeah. So that's that's cool. Um, that's really cool. And and just doing stuff, you know, it's interesting because so I've got my Gear VR that I use with my phone with Samsung, which is fantastic. But I don't have. It's got basic controls on the side of the headset, uh, and you can you can sync up a gamepad. But I don't have a gamepad. But it's interesting with the Vive, in that because it uses lasers to calibrate the play space, um, you can actually move around within the, within a space within VR. So it adds that extra element and it has the controllers already where I know Oculus is coming out with controllers, um, but they're not out yet. So with, with the Vive, uh, you actually have these controllers and you actually have the ability to interact with your environment. So you can do some pretty cool stuff. Um, I feel like that's the the fatal blow to Oculus, at least in the short term, is them not coming out with the the controllers at initial release. 
Right. Um, well, and, and everyone that and, puts that headset on and puts the controllers and walks around in VR is like, oh, oh. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's the thing is too is <laughs> we're at we're at like imagine the internet in 1994. That's where we are with this stuff. So none of these things are even going to be relevant in the long term. I mean, as soon as as soon as we get gloves that are haptically responsive. Um, which is in the very short term, very near future. Power glove, baby. Right. <laughs> um, you know, these these controllers, regardless of system, are going to be irrelevant. But I think, like you said, Dylan, I think the knock on the Oculus right now is that they couldn't get that to market at the same time as the Vive. Um, and well, I, they can't I, get any Oculus to market right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's Best Buys. Uh, but I think that, you know, the where that strength really lies with the Vive is that by having that fully kind of fully immersive experience out of box um you know like one one thing that i recommend trying if you guys get in a vive headset uh is google tilt brush and everyone says everything's awesome it's 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 one of those things where it's like it's fun and it's super simple but it's a really cool look at kind of UI and uh, UI that works in VR and, and it just feels good. It's one of those things, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast, right, about how video games feel. Um, I think that that sentiment is kind of, we look at that in VR, I think I think it's tenfold because you're, it's so immersive that I think that we really have to be looking at how it really plays out for the user and does it feel good in every capacity, not just does it feel good in terms of that that kind of crunchy feel but it's got to also feel good in terms of the way that it works biologically with you right so that that it doesn't make you throw doesn't up doesn't make you throw up um but but you know it's 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 interesting to look at that because it's um there's so many parallels obviously being you know a gamer for you know my entire life or 25 years of my life um my it, entire it, life right <laughs> right out of the womb just 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 chugging away um, but yeah, so just, uh, you know, kind of looking at that and saying, well, there's a lot of parallels. There are a lot of things that hold true. And then there are things that don't. And what, you know, uh, it's interesting. Like, what is it that, that doesn't, what is this changing? What is it that can change? Um, and so it's been interesting and doing, even just doing a lot of research on finding people that can talk about it in a, in a way that's, you know, it really is the wild, wild west at this point. Um, there's a lot of good white papers going around yeah. now in the first months or so afterwards about just designing interaction in VR, yep. which is really interesting. I found an amazing through. video this guy posted. It was like it's like 20 minutes long, and it's just him kind of theorizing on VR design best practices. And mm-hmm. he now has a job at Google. Um, uh, but he posted this video when he was still looking for a job and it's just it's really smart i mean he's uh he's got some good stuff going on i can't remember his name at the moment i have it bookmarked at work but i can send it to you guys later this week um it's a video that i recommend everyone check out uh who's interested in in vr and developing for vr because um yeah it just it's 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 cool it's it's good stuff um speaking of developing for vr how easy it is to develop in unity for vr like good stuff yeah yeah really good Um, stuff Um, i had one of the um, senior projects this uh, past year for computer science was uh, a VR thing. And then it, it, it had a haptic feedback controller. So nice. like you would pick up these physical objects in the room and it would apply downward force to your hand. 
so it'd yeah. be harder to lift it up. Yeah. And originally, like the grad students that were helping the, because it was an undergrad project, but my friends who were on the undergrad project, the grad students that were assisting them, wanted them to make it in uh, Linux at first. As like, you gotta use, you gotta use this software, you gotta use it in Linux, blah, blah, blah. And the first semester of the project, they got like nothing done because they were just trying to learn this software suite, whatever it was, on Linux. And one of the people in the group who I know has used Unity before, she was just like, screw it. I'm just going to plop this in Unity. And then she just basically got as much work done as they had gotten that entire semester in like three days. <laughs> That's that awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, like we found uh, the, one of the guys that I work with had found earlier this, basically this repository that this guy had done with a bunch of prefabs and stuff. And so you download that and you load it in and boom, it's there. I mean, a, a prefab, prefab camera that you can easily create this scene, generate a scene like that and throw yourself inside, throw your headset on and see what, see what it is, see how it feels. And it's, it's cool from an iterative standpoint of designing where, um, to make something so easy, uh, and yet so powerful because you can obviously go in and still do all the, all this, you know, node-based work and scripting and all that kind of stuff and and having all of that power yet having it so easy that you can just drag and drop to get started makes for for a really quick iterative designing process which is nice um yeah i'll be interested to see what the exporting out of unity for vr experience is like because i feel like that's where unity usually breaks down when you have to export for like let's say like right now as long as you're exporting for like pc it's good but when you export into uh, something for a Gear VR, or, or something for PSVR. That's where I think Unity's workflow kind of breaks down right now. Yeah, so um, Steam has some really good... So with, with Vive, it uses Steam um, directly, and it's got... Steam has put out some really good plugins for Unity that just make it pretty seamless. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So. Steamless? Pretty steamless. Uh. The, um, the tilt brush, though, to me, is kind of the thing that I've seen transcend our little you know, segment of the news, but tilt brush to me is kind of like the Wii sports for the vibe where I think yeah. anyone can see that and immediately be like, Oh yeah, I get it. It's interesting. So it's one of the things that they do. Cause we have this huge VR lab at, um, at team one that you can, you can go read about on ad age and time and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, uh, Plug. and so they do, right, exactly. So they do, um, tours and they'll you know they'll have people people in and and they go through the th same three experiences uh progressively more interactive and so um the first one's just kind of like this is vr this is what it's like look around get acclimated uh and then the next one is this again this you can find these online i forget the name of this one but it's basically you're underwater on a boat and a whale swims by um but you can't still can't really interact uh and then tilt brush and it's always interesting to see people get into tilt brush because there are certain things that are really native um that people can just kind of pick up and go um but you know i was talking with someone the other day you know like when i first went into tilt brush there were certain things about using the controllers that just came super naturally to me because i i have to imagine because i've been playing video games my whole life Mm -hmm. and watching other people go into these experiences um, or like the the Valve has what they call the lab, which is a, a collection of kind of mini games that uh, you can use on the Vive. Um, that again, for me, there's there's a lot of things that are just supernatural, like, okay, cool, boop, 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 there it is. Um, but watching other people kind of go into that uh, who, who maybe don't have that background, um, 
it takes them a little while. There's a bit of a learning curve. And so I think that's an interesting aspect of VR as well that we need to be looking at where tilt brush, I think is a good example, like you said, Mason of, uh, people kind of being able to jump in and feel quote unquote natural. Um, but even then there's still just that idea of getting people acclimated to using controllers versus, you know, if I think if, if you had gloves on, I think it would be a different story because that becomes natural. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think I meant it more like the the tilt brush is when you see a video on Facebook being shared. Ah, uh, yes. You can yeah, you yeah. can immediately engage like, oh, right, painting now in yep. three dimensions. I see why this is different. You can than... you can make something and then walk through it. Yeah, no, Which absolutely. Is the, the thing that VR hadn't made that case at least to me until that demo was going around like crazy. Yeah. Of because until then it was like, oh, I'm just playing engine demos or everything's bigger, mm-hmm. which yep. is cool. Yep. But I don't think that shows like. Yeah. If you if you haven't seen it yet, um, there's a tilt brush video of um, a Disney animator using it, like a classically trained Disney animator from like I don't know the 60s or 70s, and he's yeah, just messing doing, around. Uh, Little Mermaid. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's really cool. That's cool. Yeah. One of the guys um, that's working at Team One just got hired at the same time uh, that I did. Uh, Brand Center, not technically an alum. He did three of the four semesters and then <laughs> stopped. Um, but went to the Brand Center uh, as an art director, and he's he's really good at sketching, quick sketches, all that kind of stuff. And he went in and and did some really cool stuff um, with Tilt Brush that that it, really impressive, uh, really really cool stuff. Can you do traditional sculpting in it, or is it just this weird kind of three D like lines floating in the air? It's it's kind of like the 3D lines floating in the air, but there are different brushes that you can use, yeah. and they have different properties. And so, if you can envision the space, you can walk around the space, and so it's like you're painting on a 3D canvas. So it's it is very much like sculpture if you want it to be. Right. Um, yeah. You can make it where it's like okay, building it's, but it would be more additive than sculpture rather than you know with sculpture, it's like hey, take this piece of marble or clay and work into it to pull the forms out of it this would be start with nothing and and add piece by piece building on building on building on until you have that sculpture but it is still very much kind of kind of more like paper mache than uh than like modeling that's a good that's a good analogy paper mache there's a lot of layering and stuff like that exactly exactly Uh, but you can do cool things with those layers because there are so many different brushes that um you can do some really cool stuff I wonder so, like, how much money 3D Studio Max is pumping in to like, or these like, you know, Maya, these modeling companies. Yeah, I don't know, because I mean, it's not like VR is going to be their bread and butter. No, anytime no, no, no. Soon. I'm saying as an artist, it might be easier for you to work oh. in VR hmm. as a 3D modeler. I'm not saying making models for right the same way that like I know um, AutoCAD is investing into it. Yeah, yeah. It seems like C4D right now is. Or yeah, working uh, is what a lot of people in production have been using to do a lot of the modeling. Um, well, think it, about your workflow if you can look around your model without holding right click. Yeah, and sure. Just what that changes for you. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. Just for my like, maybe, and I'm not as sold. I think that the VR as an entertainment thing is interesting. Yeah. But I still think it's so young, you know, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. The social thing is the thing that bothers me about it, is that it's such an in a um, individual activity right now. Yeah, 
It's interesting you mentioned that. So this past week was like social week Los Angeles or something like that. And there were a bunch of conferences on social media. Is there like a conference in um, LA like every week? They're just like, probably, we just gotta have some here. It's like, yeah. can't let the convention center just being yeah. empty. It's just such a, such a huge city. Um, but we watched a couple talks in this thing. And one of the ones that we talked was about VR in, in that social sphere and how that connects to people. And they had three speakers in the first they were talking about um, uh, kind of the implications of VR and entertainment where they bring in a lot of haptic feedback and a lot of a really large space. And so it's like you're building like a maze for all intents and purposes with interactable things in the maze, but you're putting a headset on and you can make you can put someone through 10 different experiences in this same space that are all very vastly different. Yet they're moving through an actual space, interacting with actual things with haptic feedback Um which is interesting. But then the other two kind of touched on that social aspect you brought up, Mason. Um, and one of them, it's a guy who worked on, what was it, Second Life um, for a long time. And, you know, he was saying that one of the big problems there was that it didn't have this immersive experience the way that VR has. And VR ha- now has this ability that you can you can put two people in VR in separate places and make them feel like they are interacting with each other. And so it's interesting because I agree with you that there are, there's so much about VR that's very solitary, especially when we're looking at things like 360 video rather than actual virtual reality, where it's, it's, you're just kind of this fly on the wall. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that, that VR does present a lot of options going forward for uh, interesting social interactions. I think the big problem currently is just that idea that it's really hard to do avatars in a way that if you could try to go too uh too human it just looks wrong it feels wrong and so it has to be this thing where we're creating avatars that are distanced enough from actual humans yet spatially correct in a way that we feel comfortable in it and then can interact with other people through that so it'll be interesting to see kind of how that goes and then the the third speaker actually runs a um uh, 360 porn website. Um, All right, yeah. So, okay. Uh, so she was in- really interesting to hear her perspective on, um, kind of the empathy that's generated and and the connection between. It's a, she runs a cam site, so it's not. Uh, it's it's really about that that communication and that interaction kind of thing. Uh, so I think you know it's interesting, Mason, because yeah, because that's something that's a that's a feeling that I've had for a while as well about the the, the social uh, implications or the solitude implications of VR. Um, but it's interesting that there's definitely a lot of people that are looking at ways to make it more social. And I think honestly, you know, you look at the internet for a long time. The internet was not social; it was static. It was really basic HTML pages where you go to look up information about something else, and it's it's very one way. Um, and when the internet really started to explode was when it became social, you know, the things that took off really early were the, the chat rooms and then, uh, you know, email followed suit and all that kind of stuff. So I I think BBS, I have no doubt VR is going to become social in, in its digital presence. I mean, Facebook bought Oculus. Like there's no, right. right. There's no question. It's not a matter of if it's, I'm more concerned about like the, if we're all on the couch next to each other. Right. You know I mean? You're not breaking the VR headset out. Yep. Or you are, or you are that that like shtick like we're all wearing vr headsets on the couch i don't know like what if we're all wearing vr headsets in the couch so we can go into world of warcraft together and go adventure or something like that and Um, i'm sure you know that i'll i'll eat these words in 10 years when we're all just sitting in these floating chairs (laughs) it's gonna be like the the memory den and uh fallout 4 Um, but but part of me wants to think that the resurgence of things like 
board games, couch co-op games, and this other thing is that there's a there's a push that people want to. I think there's two competing cultural things happening where VR is this one side where it's like we want to be connected at all times, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then there's also like we want experiences that are disposable and cont- and live in this little box. That's why I think Snapchat got so huge because Snapchat's yeah. inherently like I'm sharing these little moments that I had somewhere else. Yeah. I yeah. also you know, think um, I think that's why Microsoft's trying to split the difference with HoloLens. With HoloLens. Yeah, I was, I was, I was going to get into that. I think the real future is going to be augmented reality. I think that's going to be the thing that my Pokemon Go. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's it's there. There's a scary future with AR because suddenly it it's it that is the real to me. That's the complete separation of of we we've completely taken away our ability to disconnect. Like it's just we are constantly connected, kind of thing. Um, but at the same time, I also see AR as a super useful um construct in theory anyway and I'm, I'm i'm curious to see how that gets implemented if, if you want to talk about fear of being disconnected let me tell you about moving into my new apartment that doesn't have internet activated yet and i'm just oh, sitting yes. there trying to figure out what to do and then i just turn on my personal hotspot on my iphone i'm like all right i guess this <laughs> is what i'm doing yep how's the new apartment it's it's good uh i like it um it it's kind of got less amenities in terms of like the kitchen and stuff as opposed to my old place like uh-huh. it's not it's not as uh nice and there's no central air but it's a first floor so it stays pretty cool okay you got a window unit uh we have one and he's offering to give us a second one and there's a fan in every room there's a oh, ceiling cool. fan cool. yeah we've got one window unit in our apartment right now and it's, it's doing its job yeah. yeah except for today where it was like 90 degrees and i walked in i was like we need to turn everything on right now just turn it all on yeah i heard it was really hot in richmond today yeah it was it was pretty hot it's not hot in Los Angeles today. It's not hot in Pittsburgh today. It's 75. It's pretty hot in Pittsburgh today. <laughs> what? I was outside. I was walking around. It's nice. It's breezy. I was I was in Virginia Beach this morning and I was watching the morning news with my mom and they were giving a they do this like uh, comfortability index like how comfortable are you going to feel today and it's like designated by temperature ranges and it's mm-hmm. like great good okay and then it said 70 degrees and up unbearable in like this red bolded text and i'm like really 70 degrees like i can see 80 Dude, I 85 80, anything above 80 is when you're getting like hot but it's 76 yeah. it all degrees depends. today in pittsburgh it all depends on That's humidity though like I, sure. honestly I thought it was if it's whatever. if it's 75 or above and it's like super humid i am uncomfortable it can be a, it can be like 95 with no humidity and i'm perfectly fine yeah, um so for me, for me it's yeah for me it's really about the humidity um, have you been to arizona I have driven through Arizona. So I was all about the same thing about the dry heat thing because I was like, I can handle the temperature. And then I was in Arizona one time and it was like 109. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. This is Once oppressive. it gets to us, well, that's, <laughs> why, is, I said, that's why, is, why I said 95. Why does even live here? <laughs> and it's that way at not, like, so if cheap. you're in Vegas, Vegas in August yeah. at like two in the morning and it's still 110 degrees. Ooh. And you're just like, what Ooh. the fuck? Well, the funny nah. thing about Vegas is like how they have those misters just going on 24 7. It's like the, yeah. the, the pinnacle of like first world problems. Like, I need to be constantly missed with water vapor. I mean, you're, you're talking about a city know, where man, instead of crosswalks, they have escalators so you can walk over the street. Like, that's. <laughs> that that city is the epitome of first world problems yeah uh so dan it's good to hear you're working on vr stuff i was a little concerned they were just going to have you doing you know ux stuff 100 percent of the time 
Well, I think um, he's doing UX and VR though, right? I am. So, so I'm doing UX and VR, but I'm doing concepting as well. Um, but I'm also doing some. God, I hate to put it this way because I'm actually really interested in it. But the research. like the quote unquote boring UX stuff. Yes, I'm doing a lot of research. I'm doing a lot of user oh, testing. Yeah. No, it's not boring. Um, and I, great. I find it really interesting, and it's stuff that we haven't had a ton of exposure to at school. So I'm excited about that. Um, what kind of research methods are you doing? Uh, right now, it's all in house. We're actually working on uh, Ask Jeeves. building our building our research capacity to. So we need to convince people <laughs> to buy. It's nice. worth investing in doing research so that we can develop better products. But it's that's kind of what we're working on right now. So cool. Um, you know, the hardest thing about all that stuff is at least from where I've worked before. And I think that's going to be a problem here, too, is like documentation, like how you manage it internally and share that. So information. that's actually one of the first projects I worked on was mm. how I uh, was working on how we document and present findings for research. Um, and so that's kind of part of that program that we're developing right now, which is and cool. How do you it's share cool. knowledge throughout, you know? Yeah. And how do you share knowledge and how do you share relevant knowledge to a bunch of different departments that are fairly segmented? Um, you know, it's, it's a big enough agency that things are still pretty siloed and still pretty waterfall. Mm-hmm. Um, and so trying to break past that and, and, and use it in a way that, uh, informs choices in multiple facets, um, it's interesting to see, and it's interesting to see the development of that kind of program and, and That's the fun. things, the things that need to be thought about to make that successful and, the, and that sort of thing. This is so. how you document it. You take all that knowledge and you keep it to yourself and then they pay you $150,000 to stay there. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, I'm not the only, I'm not the only person observing these, these right. user tests. So. Now, are you, are you and Kelly on the same team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's we cool. actually our desks are cr- across from one another. So we've been working on a lot of stuff together. Um, Fucking cool. interns, and I know, right? Um, well, it's funny because we're not technically interns. Like there are I interns, you're, you're... Um, and they're se- they're kind of a separate thing. But everyone in the in the XD department calls us interns. Um, the Brand Center alums, who are all CTs and one copywriter and one kind of art director CT hybrid, whom we've been working with on all these other side projects are much more like you guys are juniors we're treating you like juniors um and so it's interesting because it's it's like our creative director the other day who is the creative director of experience design sat down with us and was like so yeah uh no you guys are you guys are doing great you're involved in a lot of stuff and uh you're way more capable than we thought we didn't we didn't know coming in what you guys would be capable of and so uh yeah keep doing what you're doing <laughs> it was yeah. i mean because they they just they <laughs> keep they on assume, trucking yeah they, they didn't know if they were just getting like gophers or if they you know they didn't i don't think they realized the extent to which we would be prepared um but you know one of the nice things is just kind of seeing how they approach ux and um and ui and xd in general um as a department, you know, our, like our, our head, our creative director, he's been doing, he's been doing UX and XD stuff for 20 years. And so he's really deep into it, really knowledgeable, learn a lot from him. Um, but it's just interesting to see that, you know, the things that we've been taught at the brand center, the curriculum there has actually been incredibly relevant and valid. Uh, and also the kind of the side reading that 
the immersion that we've been putting ourselves through even outside of class just just in in becoming Doing part of shit. that yeah um but also just the the thought process is interesting and and it's interesting to see because the, there are enough brand center alums there to look at the brand center alums and and see how they think and kind of that we are being taught to think that way um and some some people who did went to the brand center do think this way some do not um just kind of bigger picture kind of stuff uh it's interesting to see the influence i think that you know it's very validating to say hey the the money that you're spending is an investment and it's an investment that will pay off um uh at least from what i'm seeing at at, at team one which is nice oh no we're, we're i mean i'm seeing the same thing yeah. where mm-hmm. Good. i didn't see it like where like they just changed two people's job titles to experience design <laughs> yeah from uh, already design. really yeah and i was like Woo! that's funny i feel like that's the hardest thing you know going to school especially in something that's uh technology based and like the school just trying to keep up with changing things because i don't i mean i feel like you guys you guys move a lot faster than what i saw in like the computer science department the best best example of that i just heard uh a week or two ago is that the uh the chair of our department had to sit down and talk to someone um from some local news station who's doing a story on swatting and he he was (laughs) he was like what's that and it's like, oh, it's this thing where you you pretend to call, you call the SWAT team, pretend to file like something dangerous about to happen, so they oh, raid their I house. Oh, SWATing like strength, weaknesses, uh, opportunities, throws. Oh, no, <laughs> I, this is not an episode. I was like, of why Silicon don't they know that? No, um, but he and so yeah, so he's like, and that's what SWATing is. And the chair was like, that's not real. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, it oh, is. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Ah, well, I don't know. If I was chair of a computer science department. I don't know. Maybe that's Maybe not the strongest be, example, yeah, but you know what I think? You kind of you know have to I, keep your thumb on it, you know? Yeah, no, I think it's I think, I think it's one of the big things about the Brand Center, too, is that it's it's small enough that the students are engaged enough to help guide things, at least I feel like yeah. with our track anyway. And, you know, I think that part of that is just being around the people. Like, I don't well, think I don't think we would stay up on top of things as quickly as we do if it weren't for the fact that as a track or as as a group of people we are trying to stay up on these things as part of our like we're really driven to to do that and and be small small enough of a group of people 18 or 19 people that we can kind of help influence that direction um i also think that helps that andrew's super sympathetic to like yes yeah a lot of for like, sure if we see a thing that we're like hey we think we need to do this he's like all right yeah we can work that exactly in. yeah and i and feel he, like our, and, he, and, he, and from the first semester to the second semester you can really see absolutely we all kept talking about games, and then we did a whole thing on games. Like right. that had that could not have been coincidence. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like all slapped together. It's like, look, guys. Uh, yeah. I mean, it kind of was. It was. It was, a, it was like a like a, a one and a half lecture thing, and then a couple projects that were oriented around interaction design and games. They the Steve Buscemi. But still, it was like it was cool. He's like, hello, fellow and, teenagers. <laughs> and he also harped on documentation a lot more this semester. Yeah, something that what you're all asking for is like, we yeah, need that to know how to document stuff. Yep. So I think that's I agree. I also think that it's just super validating because like day two, I'm just like, oh, it's all decks. Everything's a fucking deck. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So speaking of that, though, uh, Peter Cowder came and talked at Team One for an hour on Friday. He's um, a brand center professor. Brand center professor yeah. who focuses on that's presenting wild. and pitching. Uh, and it was just funny because he was like, you know, you don't always need a deck. Sometimes you don't need a deck. Sometimes that's not the best way oh, to go. And if you do have a deck, don't, don't put anything in the else. deck. Like... <laughs> Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's just funny because yes, everything does revolve around decks, but it's like, 
does it need to? No. Does it really? Well, yeah. he was telling in us our defense. Our clients print out theirs. Oh sure. But he was talking about this one client he was working with, and it was a client-side client, but they were trying to make a pitch for some public entity or government entity or something. And they walk in, and they had a 360-page deck, and that didn't even include any of the creative. Fuck that. By the time, like four days later, by the time they were ready to present, it was down to like a 70-page deck. And took instead of like three hours, it took an hour, and they were. Oh, I've been nice. on I've been on teams at my old agency where we we had to go in and pitch two hundred twenty page decks. That's insane and wow. unnecessary but and unhelpful. No, well, it I yeah probably. <laughs> but you get these RFPs from companies, and they say in your presentation we want you to outline, and their RFP is fifty five pages long. Sure, and that's working for the government. Like that's just well brutal. yeah. Like we had to go through and talk about like here's our tech security. Here's our internal security. Here's our, you know, like stuff they wanted you to cover in the deck that could have been handed out in a pack. Right. Should make a website. But also, I wasn't making the decisions, so I just went in and I was like, this is our, this is website stuff. This is how you build a WordPress site. <laughs> there you go. There is no security. Good luck. Dude. <laughs> no, there's always security. Thanks, Mason, S- Mason Snowden. <laughs> and then encryption. Um, That's cool, though. Yeah, it's been, I agree. I think that, you know, the, all I've done, I've done mostly concepting stuff. So That's cool. Same. Um, that's been super Con- fun. Concepting with uh, light mock-up work, nothing really high fidelity, haven't really gotten into any, like, full-on UX stuff. I mean, there there's the thinking there for concepting and user journey stuff, but... um. Man. I'm looking forward to seeing. What, I want to tell what, you. Oh yeah, I've right. done some journeys and personas as well. Yeah. Forgot to mention that. A, a uh, space ghost yet? Personas. I did a big, big user journey. Yeah. Um, no, I but I just guys... I did realize this morning that one of the personas I made uh, with Kelly and I made, um, we named him Omar, and he lives in Florida. So we're gonna have to change. We're, we're gonna have to change change, change that. Him. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, we did this. We did this a week and a half ago, but things are gonna have to change. Obviously, that whole thing is just fucked. Yes. Wait, did it's they release bummer. the guy's name? Yeah, I thought. Uh, I thought it was Omar. Or it something. Is, it's. It's. Uh, I know that. All that needs to be said. You don't even know his name. The dude's a fucking a monster of a human, and it's a tragic event, and it sucks. Yeah, and it's been bumming me out all day, but. Is Team One? Do you guys do billable hours? No. God damn well, it! Well, te- technically, oh, but it's it's like we have to time code our timesheets to say like we have to bill to certain accounts, but it's not like we don't have to do actual billable hours by increments of you know twelve minutes or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. We just we just put down our hours and, and assign it to specific account that we're working on, which so in, in our case is, yeah, that's, bill, that's billable it, hours. It, it, it is billable hours, but it's not like, so it depends. So like in the legal field, like when Kelly worked for the law firm in, in DC, this is already a fun Kelly, conversation, <laughs> right? Yeah, billable hours. Hooray. Um, she had to, anyone that to, works in advertising is going to immediately want to know, like, how do you do it? Right. So in in the legal field, uh, specifically like the high pressure legal field, it's every like twelve minute increments. So she had to document twelve minute increments that were specifically. But that makes sense because yeah. a lawyer per hour is like oh yeah for sure my yearly salary for sure. Whereas for us, it's just yes we 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 are getting paid by a specific um, 
segment of Lexus that our money is coming from. Uh, if if we were to work on a different project, we could then build that project. But it's 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 not like. You know, it's just like, hey, I worked for, nine hours today, and that goes towards Lexus Interactive. Okay, cool. And there a lot we of go. Them say it's it's more for internal resource management, and, that, yeah. and that's exactly what it is. It's it's not um, it's for tracing. You know, it's it's not having to say, hey, for this twelve minutes it was this, for this twelve minutes it was this, for the because that that just gets it's a waste of time. But I answered something really funny in my timesheet the other day, but I can't say it because it's technically under NDA, <laughs> which is stupid. But it was funny, and I'll tell you about it afterwards. I'm, I'm laughing. No, I'm, I'm I'm laughing on the inside, Mason. I'm excited for how you guys are going to dance around your NDA stuff all summer, man. And years and years years ago, when I decided I didn't want to pursue a career in the government, one of my reasons was I wanted to be able to talk about my job <laughs> and have a life. Oh, um, Alex, you have no problem talking about. It. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck, fuck. Oh, fuck you. Uh, that was that was the one slip I've had, and that's that's it. I'll make you sign an NDA about this podcast. <laughs> it's all redacted. Uh, it's just like an yeah. hour long bleep. <laughs> yeah, right, it's just well, like since, since it's not fun to talk about what you can't talk about. Yeah, and I 100 percent agree with that. What have you guys been playing? I played uh, some Lego Jurassic World. Nice, awesome, and that was a lot of fun because I, I love the game's really good. I love the Lego games. Uh, and I hate the UI. Delightful. I hate uh, the UI in the Lego games. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one's better. Uh, I will say, I noticed that this one gives more appropriate feedback to know kind of like which... I don't know what it is about the UI that you specifically don't like, but one of the things I don't like in past games is that they don't make it particularly clear when you need to use... You know how the different characters will have different skills? And mm-hmm. um, this particular game, they, they make it a lot clearer how you specifically accomplish things early on um so i i kind of like that i like how that that plays into it but what, what i specifically don't like in the ui it's just purely visual i hate the hearts i hate the hearts oh. <laughs> thematically don't go with anything and i hate that single stud like row at the top yeah that just like grows has, out like, of either side and really doesn't mean anything it has the gradient. Honesty, i don't yeah i don't know if they kept that uh ui pattern for this um oh, it's in like a world and that was like the one thing keeping me from playing like a world yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was cool because you could play as dinosaurs. I will say it was kind of interesting because, you know, the Jurassic Park movies and dinosaurs in general are violent inherently. Uh, and Especially so Jurassic World. What's that? I thought Jurassic World was really violent. The Jurassic World, World was. Yeah. Even Jurassic Park, right? Like, the you know, yeah. people so getting these are dark limbs movies. Yeah. Fucking and... guy's arm, yeah. Yeah, so... Dude, Jurassic Park 3, the one of the main characters gets dragged from the... Jurassic Park 3 is... cage by, like, pterodactyl or something. Yeah. It was hard. Jurassic Park 3, like Jurassic Park 3 was trying to be, like, a horror movie, basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, the original Michael Crichton book is terrible. I love that book. I've read that, like, it's four so times. Good. Um... But but the thing with the game that I thought was interesting is that, you know, something like like the level that I played was first the first time you're training the raptors and then when you're going in and trying to find the Indominus Rex and realize that the Indominus Rex got out. Um and so at, at, when you're training the raptors, they have this thing where like you have to launch a pig and a cannon into the raptor cage and I'm like, "Oh god, this could be really scarring for children." But then they go around it in the end where it's like you use the pig as bait to like get the raptors to move somewhere, but then like 
the pig gets well, out and doesn't get eaten kind of you thing. You feed them like raptor vegetation substitute or something. You don't like, feed what? them. Um, you okay. do You do have to dig through piles of shit, though. Um, Alex's kids will feed the pig Alex's, to the raptor. Right, fundamental, uh, you will, pigs is pigs. You will, you will learn the hard lessons in well, life. I, Sometimes I you I must love... feed the pig to the velociraptor. Oh you must name it first. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. I love the trailer when they had the cow dropping a jeep off. Yes. In the, the T-Rex cage. Yes. I thought that was a good bit. Yeah. So, like, but like stuff like that, that I think is interesting. Know, he's dropping a guy into it, which yeah. is really yeah, dark, yeah, yeah. but, but, but no, that's the thing, right? So you have this, you have this series that if there's violence in properties, it takes that violence and makes it very cartoonized and, and, and very digestible. So I was curious to see how they would do that. Um, and they did it well. Uh, and you know, and I like the like. I'm, I'm never like, oh my god, the newest Lego game's coming out. I have to have it. But I, they're always games that are enjoyable to play. They kind of, you don't have to think about it much. Um, and you know, like I really cheese Doritos. That's that's right. Just keep eating them. Just, just go. Um, and so it was. It was fun to play. Uh, I played that last weekend when I when I flew back home for the weekend. So Doritos, uh, just go. Xbox. Oh, because you were home. Because right? I was home. Yeah. Got it. So, um, with the Lego games, I am in the camp that they should never have been able to speak English. Or interesting. real language. Because I liked in Star Wars when they had to, like, speak Lego speak in the old ones. And now they have all the actual VO. And they yeah. hum and like, hmm, huh, hmm. I do I like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like the VO. I. Yeah, I'm pro VO. The, I'm pro VO. But I get what you're. I get what you're saying, Mason. I get what you're, get where you're coming from. I think. It, I think it depends on the property for me. Like if if I were to take a Lego game that were a little more like loosely based on a, a story, um, or not based on a narrative at all, uh, I would totally be all about just noises and and gibberish. But I think that if you're gonna make something that really is supposed to be a faithful representation of of an existing no. narrative, I think it helps to have that kind of and stuff. And my my favorite Lego game of all time has VO. That being Lego Island, so exactly. You know, I don't even know where I stand on this issue. But there's, I'm just completely full. There's shit. no VO in Lego Racers, though. No. And Lego Racers is dope as hell, though. Yeah. You know, there's God, no. V- I will say, there's no. V- like I don't now. think there's VO in the Indiana Jet Lego Indiana Jones stuff. Um, um, I can't remember. The second one I thought was the first one to have VO. I thought it was, or it might have been Lego Marvel. I thought it was Lord of the Rings was the first one. Uh you might be right. Because yeah. it was like all directly cut from the movie. And so That's they like, like had to really work hard in making these scenes make sense. Yeah, it's like the Lego Movie game. Um, the Lego game of the Lego Movie uh, has all the, the VO movie, and the has actual actual cutscenes and stuff like that. But um, but I think the Indiana Jones one does not have VO, and actually that's one of my favorites. I love that one. So everyone says that um, one's really good. It is really good. I thought it's it really hard. <laughs> it is really hard. It's hard to find all the stuff, but like they go through all three movies, um, and you can play as a lot of the characters. And as someone who just you know those movies are dogma for me. Um, I, Don't you I, mean it, all four movies? No, it's all three movies, Dylan. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, I don't know if they ever, re- Dylan, you would. came out with a, a Crystal Skull version, but the second game had Crystal Stull- Skull stuff. Well, then I'm talking about the first one that had the original three movies that were worth seeing and worth watching, and we're I don't not. Know. I kind of, I kind of liked the Crystal Skull. Well, the, mo- the movie. Yeah, I thought it was kind of like it was written like a, a novel. Well, is this sometimes also where you admit sometimes that you, like, you enjoyed True Detective season two? I'm just kidding. So, sometimes you like sometimes you like having sex with random people as well, but <laughs> no, then you realize dude, in the morning that your crotch is burning and you made a terrible mistake. So I got furious 
um, <laughs> as soon as the fucking lead line fridge thing happened. Yes. Right, yeah. The like, fridge. This is fucking Do, and the that gophers. Was... And fucking I will say, Shia LaBeouf swinging from trees. Yep. I like the, mon- the monkeys. I like the diner scene. The diner scene's cool. So there were times I went to see that movie at midnight the, the night it came out. I finished work. I, I walked I over pixels. to the theater. And <laughs> I, I have seen pixels in theater. Uh, but no, I went and saw Crystal Skull right when it came out. And there were moments where I was, it was just, it did my heart good to see Indy on the big screen again. But by and large, that movie is just a, a, just a flaming dumpster fire. I, uh, just, just, just. I saw that movie in the first row of the theater. So compound the quality nice. of the movie with craning your neck for nice. however long that movie is for two nice. hours. Nice. So mm, I've, I have nothing positive to say about that movie. I, I still, I have hopes for Indy five, but even though it's the same writer uh, that, that scares me, it scares me that the same person who wrote crystal skull is going to be writing this next one. But the thing is the person who wrote Batman versus Superman also wrote the dark Knight. So I think there are so That's many true. other variables that go into mm-hmm. making films that like Zack Snyder, <laughs> it was just it was or George Lucas or George Lucas right <laughs> I think it'll be it, it could it's you know I'm just sick of people making new stuff from old stuff yeah well just you mean you new, didn't like make the, a new uh, Indiana Jones make a new you didn't thing. like the, the battleship movie or the fact that we got Star Wars Ghostbusters Jurassic Park and there was one and Mission Impossible all within the same year. X Men. Like, I thought you. Were, I just I saw, you were I just about saw the new Lego Dimension stuff. I was like, yeah, all those properties in there is cool. And Sonic oh, the Hedgehog. Yeah. That's fine to me. Oh no, it's totally cool. But it's just it's weird that it's like the eighties come again with with movies. Oh, we got another Mad Max. Well, like, who? Everyone's growing up in the eighties now has a bunch of money. Yeah, true. Um, and. By the by, I, all these movies are awesome. You know what like, I will say? Just, like with Mad Max, at least it's, it was the original director who did all the original Mad Max. Like it, it oh, really yeah. is just a continuation. I think Mad I'm Max. more accepting of something like that. Um, although to be yeah. fair, so was so was Crystal Skull. Like that was it was Steven Spielberg and and it was George Lucas. So it's like I, you know, I I'm, I think that I'm, was just them failing. I'm not I'm not like mm. upset. I mean. It's easy to like shit on like oh it's just everyone's recreating stuff like Star Wars was one of my favorite movies last year, I'm part of the problem. Yeah, but Same. but that being said, I like really, really liked Looper, and I know a lot of people have problems yeah. with Looper, but I just liked that it was. I like, liked Looper. In one movie, Meh. yeah, that's who doesn't <laughs> like Looper. But in one movie, <laughs> they created this world that I was like a hundred percent on board with, and yeah, uh, yeah, I uh, the stuff he's doing in the car with the little quarter. Just how that adds so much to the world that, that was cool. Yeah, and, well, that's and, like and, I think man. Interstellar the same way where it's just like yep. it's this new world. I think I know you guys have talked about this, so I don't want to beat a dead horse, but like Overwatch <laughs> is a really good example of. Oh, we're gonna talk about Overwatch. Oh, okay. Oh, we're talk All about right. Overwatch. Well, there you go. Just here, use use a uh, use Dishonored as an example. Okay. Well, I was just. Oh gonna, my god! Yes. I was just talking about how Overwatch is an example of a a place bringing out a, a brand new IP that feels like a fully fleshed out realized world, but and it's refreshing. Totally. It's just it's just so. Everything about Overwatch is just like a nice, nice cold splash to the face. Yeah, I went, I went to see um, a flight of guns. So yeah, <laughs> water, 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 just, just water. water Dylan. No, it's Refreshing, like a nice, it's like cool getting, you water. Know, of a, a golden shower of just <laughs> so, wonderful. So I went to see. Design. I went to see urine. justice rains from above. Uh, X Men Apocalypse <laughs> yesterday, and I think that's probably the best example of of this. Just kind of an exhausted an exhausted IP that they're just not trying. They're just trying to make money. And it just, Mm -hmm. 
it, it, it was sad because the whole time I'm watching it just going, man, I just really want to go watch X-Men First Class again because First Class is such a good movie and that was how oh, you yeah. that was how you take an existing IP and make it new and fresh again and this was just an excuse for a bunch of CGI um, yeah. it was not it was not compelling narrative it was not it, there just wasn't much of anything about it that added anything to that existing story um, and, and universe that's such a shame because there are so many characters in there that have hundreds and hundreds of, of comics and stories behind yeah. them to make them compelling. Yeah. Um, and, and the star talent in there was phenomenal. Oh, it's, and, and, and yeah. the performances were good um, for sure. Uh, and it was, but, it, but again, I think why I say that I wanted to go back and watch first class is that those same performances, the same performers gave life to those characters in a great way in that film that then because the crappy writing and the, and the, the really poor just kind of, just I don't know it was just like hey let's just like you can tell when a Marvel movie has someone like Kevin behind Kevin Feige behind it like pushing it trying to make everything perfect and true to the source material and something from Sony or Fox just doesn't feel the same way yeah and that being said I you know there are X X2 and X-Men First Class especially of all of the oh, X-Men, X-Men movies dope yeah they are fantastic fantastic films that do that existing IP well, beyond well, just really well. And this was just a case of, of it just felt like a money grab. Um, you know, I don't know. Wait, is Darwin from X-Men First Class the same actor that plays the Falcon? Anthony Mackie? No, he wasn't in X-Men First Class. This guy looks like Anthony Mackie. Darwin? Yeah, who's Darwin? Oh, I see who you're talking about. Yeah, he uh, died midway through the movie. He's oh. from Richmond. Um, no, it's not the same guy, but uh, they do look similar. Oh. Right. Thought you were talking um, about my dog. No, <laughs> my dog. Um, my dog. Guys, guys, it's E3 this week, and stuff is already coming out today. Oh shit! The uh, EA press conference is going on right now. Oh, is that happening right yeah. now? Yeah, in Bethesda um, tonight. Oh man! Uh, so today we've already gotten stuff that makes me happy: Injustice Two gameplay and some screenshots from Telltale's Batman game. Man, that, which just those looks- Batman screens. Oh my oh, god! Man, I gotta look that so up right cool. now. All right. Yeah, it, it looks cool. It's very comic booky. It looks like a Telltale Batman game. There's no other way of putting it. It's funny um, that a Telltale Batman game would look like a Telltale Batman game. What a surprise! <laughs> um, but the Injustice Two gameplay looks beautiful and and exciting. They've got a bunch of uh, atypical characters in there. Uh, oh wow, that does look really good. Yeah. Yeah, you look uh, looking at Telltale. Sorry, right looking now. at the Batman Telltale. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that yeah. looks really good. I know Mason was talking about before about how he heard that they up- upgraded their engine or done some tech work behind. They were the apparently uh, creating a new engine for this, and I mean, it looks like it's paying off because it still has that kind of like hard line, kind of yeah. cel shaded look to it that you saw in like Tales from the Borderlands and like Walking Dead, but it looks a lot better. Yeah, if they can take that same kind of art style, illustration style, and make it fluid and yeah. and clean, I think that would be fantastic. If this game Troy lags, Baker as Bruce Wayne. That's the best that, part. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I thought that was interesting because there's a Two Face in that game too, and Troy Baker did Two Face in the uh, uh, Arkham series. No, he, he did. did. He did the he Joker. Joker too. He did Joker as well. Once, no, he did after both. Mark Hamill he did, left. He did. Oh my in, god. In, in Rocksteady, he did Two Face. Two Face. In um, Not, the other studio. In Arkham Origins, he did Joker. He did Joker. He did Joker. Yeah, he also did a bunch of other minor villains too. I mean. 
I just, Nolan North, come again. He should just voice everyone. He was also that... Jason Todd and Red Hood. Yeah. By the way, speaking of those are the same. Those are the same characters. Speaking of Batman and voiceovers, oh. I actually started. Yes, they are. Yeah, watching they are. Red Hood. Red Hood is Jason Todd. Whatever. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. There's too many. Do not, there's too many. Isn't I thought come at me. Jason Todd was. Which Jason's the other Robin? The, there okay, is no so other Jason. Are, Jason Todd's uh, the second J- Robin. So he, here is Jason Todd as Robin. Very shortly, he's the second Robin. Joker kills him. He comes back. All right, uh, all right, all right. I yeah. got enough of this. This is fucking. He, he's Red Hood, and it's a whole thing. He's also Hush. Yeah, it's it's some stuff, and he's also not Hush, but he's Hush too. I think Hush is yeah. cool. Huh? In terms of terms of Batman villains, I know nothing about. I think Hush is cool. Hush is so cool, and he he's cool when you learn more about him too. He's he's just a cool character. Hush. Did Dan leave? Where'd Dan go? I'm here. Dan, there you are. Oh, your I'm, just, I'm getting some pretty serious static in my headphones from you guys. Uh, I had that last week. Okay. So I so, just, I tried, I was seeing if, if me blocking out my video would help, but it didn't. So do you want to help me? This is stupid. I unplugged my headset and plug it back in. Oh, let me try that. Um, I'm running, I'm running through an audio interface though for my audios. Oh, so in, I don't know. in and out. So that may not Dylan, I'm apologizing in advance because there's some weird stuff going on with my mic. That's okay. I can't tell what's picking up. This is digital. I'm hearing digital noise. So slice this is, and dice this podcast. I don't think I don't think it's going to come up in the recording. Slice and dice. I think this is an issue with Google Hangouts. Just what I'm getting from from okay. hearing. So. Um, anyway, I'm really excited to see uh, new Dishonored, new Mass Effect. The trailer for Dishonored uh, leaked. Yeah, I saw it right Oh, did it? Okay, I'm, I'll check it out. It's sweet. Looks um, like it's honored. Sweet. Is Andromeda uh, going to be touched on? I don't the know. The C3. Oh. It's happening I'm, right I'm, now. So I'm going to guess it'll be it'll be featured somewhat prominently. They'll at least show some gameplay. Um, it's a bold gamble. Because the only the yeah. only um headlines I see right now <gasps> in the middle. Titanfall Two has single player. Yeah, it has a campaign. Yay! Oh my god, I love Titanfall. Yeah, you know, there just wasn't enough there for me. I got it for five dollars. It's a fucking deal. You know, I might love it more too if I got it for five dollars. No, I thought the locomotion, like, talk about a game that feels good. Oh Titanfall yeah, Titanfall felt good. That, that had enough awesome. staying power for me for me to play for a while, but I just wish it had a story. So this is really cool that it does. It just um, shows that they're listening. That's like everyone's feedback was like, we wish it had a story mode. What's the uh, the PS4 um, future? Dinosaur past game, the most. Oh yeah, they they talked about Andromeda. All right, I'm gonna stop looking at the news. Not Andromeda. Um, no, no, no. That's that's Horizon Zero Dawn. The yeah, stupid name. So, uh, I mean, stupid name. But they released a new video the other day, and it just looks so cool. Yeah, man. Um, what is the and what's the game coming from the original? Was it the Bioshock devs? Recore. They got Recore. Metro Prime. Yeah, that that's what it that was. That's, cool. that's that's uh that's the Metroid Prime guy in in Ki, Ki, Inafuda, the, Ma- in, the Mega Inaf- Man guy. Inafue. Wait, no, Inafue? I thought Inafue is my number nine. Uh, I thought he oh. was tied to Recourse. I might, I'll look at that right uh, now. Is I might be wrong. Man, I can't wait to see the my number nine reviews because that game looks so disappointing. It's like headed it's for like a garbage. train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bye, Dan. Bye, Dan. So you can try to call back in. Okay. So, okay. um, well, what are you guys? What are you guys looking forward out of E three then? I mean, all the things I just mentioned. Um, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you asked. I answered a second ago. Um, I'm looking forward to the Skyrim remaster. I want to see if it's just uh, you know, graphical uh, like 
getting it up to speed for the current hardware or if they're actually going to do something substantial. I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, Skyrim Remaster is um, rumored to, to be touched on. All I think it's going to be is it's going to be re-released yeah, on consoles with mods. Skyrim Remaster. Hey, guys. Yeah. So I, uh, I can't yeah, understand any of you at this point um, because of Google Hangouts. So uh, is there any chance that we can restart the Hangout? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Just keep rolling on the recordings, I'll make it, but just restart I'll make the hangout. One. Yeah, that's fine. All right, cool. Sometimes, Alex, I ask questions that aren't just for you, by the way. That was more for Dylan and Dan. Okay. Uh, and we're back. And I didn't mean it like that. I was, I was asking. I wasn't, like, neglecting what you said. I was I was asking Dylan what he wanted to know from E3 and then Dan. Word. Oh, okay. Not that I wasn't. I want to hear what Alex says, too, but Alex, Alex said that he just said it. So. <laughs> Yeah, KJ Inafune is the um, producer. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So uh, that game looks interesting. It has like a unique art style and setting to it. It it its art style does remind me a lot of Metroid Prime. So I'd give it a look see. Oh yeah, Inafune is the producer on My Number Nine as well. Oh, he's like directed by Koji Yamada. So sure. You know. That guy. That guy. Stand back. Uh, I don't see his beautiful face. No. Do you want to just keep keep going? Uh, we'll give him one more second. Okay. He didn't see the thing on Facebook yet. There he is. Yeah. I can hear you now. Awesome. All right, we back. And we're back. Uh, my timestamp says one o three fifteen. Okay. In case you want that, so yeah. We can recover. And I ended up I ended up having to. Uh, stop recording and close logic and reopen it as well. So uh, you're going to have to Nerd. throw, throw okay. those two guys together, but that's fine. Well, yeah. so we were talking about uh, stuff that you guys are either looking forward out of E3 or, or stuff you're, you're, um, you know, that you want to see or you're excited to see. Um, I'm excited to see whatever the fuck this new Legend of Zelda is. That's, Cause this is the only thing they're rocking. That's at E3. Not I'm they're bringing a little more. But, well, what yeah. else is a little more like Pokemon Sun and Moon? Pokemon Sun and Moon, Monster Hunter Generations. Um, they said they're going to have a little more, but it is, you're right, the focus is Zelda. But they did, they come out and they, they said that we're going to have more than Zelda uh, last week. All right. Well, they're just going to have to come out swinging because they're like, hey, no, oh, NX. Yeah. Hey, no. I have a feeling that it's going to, I think that the Zelda is going to look amazing and great, but people are going to be disappointed by Nintendo's presence because of it's course. just that. And they don't have, that's a, my, they don't have a physical presence. Huh? Nope. Neither is EA. Right. So, I don't know. I think EA could, I mean, I don't know. I think EA's poised to show a lot of cool stuff because they have a lot in the chamber with Titanfall 2, Mass Effect, the Battlefield 1. The other Star Wars. That, yeah, I think there's a lot mm -hmm. that, I think EA is about to make that heel turn, hopefully, when they, they start making stuff that people care about again. 
Because uh, some of my favorite games are made by EA. No more kayfabe. Mm. Who's kayfabe? It's a wrestling turn because you said heel turn. Oh, the heel. Oh, uh, Mason, we might get a chance to see whatever the rumored sequel is to Republic Commando. Ah, that'd be really cool. I'd be excited about that. That'd be like a "Hey, one more thing" kind of thing. Is that the is yeah. that the visceral? Like, what? What's up? Is that the visceral games thing? Um, I think so. Because um, who? I don't think it, who else do they have working on Star Wars besides uh, Amy Hennig? Yeah, but wh- who's her team? Like, what developer is that? She's in like a narrative um, team that works for like all of EA apparently, and they workshop and write stories, which is kind of cool. We have this new game called Star Wars 1717. <laughs> the Star Charted. <laughs> and they just they just roll out that same footage from two or three E3s <laughs> ago. That was that looks sweet. That was so cool. That was gonna be the Boba Fett game. I'm really excited Boba for Fett. new Mass Effect. Because Mass Effect one through three is like my favorite thing to ever happen in video games. So um, by the way, the Twitter feed for E3 2016 right now is hilarious. There's some weird stuff in it. Uh, screenshots of a horse exploding on a battlefield, and it's apparently the first horse horse death of E3 2016. <laughs> oh, God. Dude, I think Battlefield 1 looks dope, so oh, hell I'm going to yeah. get behind some exploding horses. I'm going to put C4 <laughs> on the horse butt. <laughs> have run out. There should, be a, there should be a screen on the E3 show floor that just is running, never-ending story on loop. Hashtag Did Dan heart. lag out, or is he just sitting no, still? Oh I'm my here. god! You Wait, stoic Mason. motherfucker. <laughs> Mason, Overwatch question for you: Is it possible to place uh, Junkrat's mine on another player? No, I tried doing that because I thought it'd be cool to like do it with to like, trace her. Um, yeah, and then have her be like a, a bomb. But you can yeah, place pretty, it on that's, the. That's the, a little the fucked the up when you think about it. <laughs> but I, the other day I was playing Overwatch and I did the thing where you you trigger Diva's ultimate. As you hit shift yep. to make it a homing, like a, not a homing, but a rocket that you aim into a group of people. Yeah. So good. Um, uh, Dan and Dylan, Diva special is to self-destruct her mech, and you can launch the thing before and you it's self-destruct. Yeah, I've seen that. Insane. Nice. It's, it's a huge radius. It's a very, very big Titanfall influence right there. Oh, it's so cool. Guys, I can't stop playing Overwatch. In terms of it's... like suicide bombing things, did you ever do the thing in Ugh. Halo where you would just have one of your teammates be running into a room that you just knew was a suicide attempt and you just stick him with a grenade and just let him run in yeah. yes. and take no. care of business? No. Oh, yeah. That's we did cool. all that stuff. I was really big into Halo when it was on PC because that was before I got Xbox Live and that's how I got my, my gaming fix let, online. Let me tell you about Halo 1 on PC and my friend and I hanging out at his house and he is modding the Halo 1, so he is on like one of the multiplayer maps, and he has the sniper rifle and gives it unlimited ammo, automatic firing capabilities, and it shoots warthogs. <laughs> <laughs> so he, oh, he no. pulls the trigger, it takes like a couple seconds, then a warthog just appears on the map, and then it launches at the speed of a sniper bullet just across the oh, map. No. That's awesome. That's so good. The, uh... <sighs> Fuck. Shit, how did that not cripple that PC? Oh, it did. Oh, the frame okay. rate dropped. <laughs> so my Halo 1 PC thing was that we figured out in my high school how to get to the share drive that every computer is networked to. Oh, no. So then nice. I just installed the Halo 1 demo, the multiplayer demo, onto the share drive so that anyone on any computer in the school could boot the Halo multiplayer beta <laughs> or whatever, Halo, whatever, demo, and you could play single-player PC. That's pretty good. I mean, uh, multiplayer PC. 
We did that with uh, Wolfenstein and would come to the library on Sundays to have land parties. At your school university? No, in high school. Oh. You went to high school on Sundays? <laughs> <laughs> to play Wolfenstein? Fuck yeah, I did. I had I got in trouble for doing that, though. Like, the, the student resource officer sat me down. And he was like, <laughs> oh, the, you the can't tech do guy, that. The tech guy like, was in on it, and he played with us. It was great. Oh, they like I was like, I don't know... Fix your shit, officer. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got in trouble for a lot of stuff with our network, though. Mason, what what are you excited about beyond Mass Effect for E3? Um, I think this is a really good opportunity for Microsoft to do a lot of chess beating. Yes, and I think that Microsoft had enough a lot of time since the the PS like Neo announcement to really come out swinging. I think Microsoft has a lot more exclusive games. Period. This generation that have made waves. I think Sony's done okay with like Bloodborne, Ratchet, and um, Uncharted Four. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really good opportunity for Microsoft. It's been long enough since the whole uh, one TV debacle to take back their messaging. Yep. In a way, that's interesting, and I think pairing up with the Windows Ten stuff is smart. Um, Gears Four. So I'm really excited for for their yeah, and Record looks dope. The if that scale bound game shows up, you know I like platinum mm-hmm. games. Games. I'd love yeah. to get a, a. I don't think it's. I haven't seen any rumors that it's going to show, but I would love a release date for Cuphead. Speaking of Xbox oh, exclusives, because God, that yeah. game looks they're amazing. They're not going to be at E3 apparently. Is what I what I heard. I might be wrong, but they're like in super close to ship mode. Yeah. So they're they're you know probably working twenty hour days. I want I want to know, um, guys. What? I'm looking at the uh, the Twitter feed for this right now, and I'm not watching it, but Jade Raymond from visceral games is talking about star wars Aha. Yeah, i figured Aha. Yeah. i figured this is the the ea conference should be wrapping up soon so this is yeah, probably the, that's exactly the one more yeah, thing. that's exactly um, what's going on i'm looking forward to madden 17 because i'm sure it will be such a drastic departure from what the last hey, madden game you and was Tim. they're using lasers in this one <laughs> i so i do like madden games but i'll only buy one madden game every like six years because they just don't change enough for me to warrant that that amount of money i got three so i bought tim mm-hmm. the current one he has right now but before that, Tim was paying a version of Madden 2003 on his laptop that he would download the oh updated rosters for. Nice. <laughs> That's like so, nice. with people doing that with RBI Baseball, where there's like a site where you could just update your cracked version of RBI Baseball with the latest roster of baseball teams. People really like the the dynasty mode and stuff, so I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. that's, that's why they buy it. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, the end game for Madden is going to be there's no longer Madden year. You just Madden subscription. Madden's free, and you subscribe to it. Yeah, yeah. For you know, two dollars a month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Jeez, um, come on, EA. They pay for big head mode. Two other, two other EA highlights. Uh, top post here is if only EA announced Star Wars thirteen thirteen, and Mass Effect was a no show. Uh, there's a, oh. Well, keep talking. I, I saw something about Andromeda. Well, well also, I mean, keep, it's, keep it's you know, it's only the first day, and you know, some of them wait True. till well, mid midweek announcements. I think if they're going to show Andromeda, it's going to be oh, either that or it's going to be on a main stage. Yeah, that's you what I'm saying. Right. You might yeah. be right. Like, because I mean, it's it's common for someone like wait till Tuesday or Wednesday, be like, and also. Well, I think this year though, it's if it's not in the press conference, it's not being talked about. Yeah. Mm, Remember that first year they talked about it, and it was just a fucking like demo reel of like developers working on it and i was like come on guys like andromeda as, yeah, that was a bummer as yeah. shitty they did the same thing for uh battlefront as well that's true that's yeah they did the, it was like a pan shot of like r2d2 i'd yeah. almost i mean it, it was the perfect oh like little i'd piece almost of rather hype, have that still. though than like what nintendo did with 
Legend of Zelda Wii U where they they basically were like, here's a here's a, what the game looks like. It's done. And this was two years ago. And then they like, well, we're gonna wait another year. And then they're like, oh, we're gonna wait all another the, year. All the best was when they had uh, Miyamoto and that other uh, uh, producer on Legend of Zelda, and they were like, um, just sitting there in a room playing it. And there's just a huge gloss over the screen. So they're like, yeah, if you look at this game, but we want this shot to both contain us and this really shitty shot of the game. Huh. Mm. So Andromeda had a two minute trailer. Okay, yeah, oh, that's what I'm saying right. now too. Um, but it's not, it's a lot of their developing. It looks like they redid a lot of their facial tech. So their facial tech looks really dope. That's good. It looks really pretty. That's good. Um, but it's not, I think it's just a teaser. Everyone is super stoked on Battlefield 1. That's the majority of these tweets. I, that trailer was amazing. If the game lives up to how the trailer was, I think that's going to be a great game. There's and, footage of, of a biplane sh- like that you're controlling shooting down an entire zone. I love it. So that's I neat. love it. Yeah. I saw a Zeppelin the other day in Pittsburgh. Yep. The flying over the Battlefield football stadium. guerrilla marketing. <laughs> I looked up and I said, here comes the marketing. Here, here comes the marketing. <laughs> Mason looked up dun, dun, and dun, then dun. a biplane... Buzzed the Zeppelin, it blew up, and then crashed into Pittsburgh. Yeah, you didn't hear about it? It was horrifying. Yeah, so apparently the Andromeda showing is... But I, I kind of want to avoid just talking about it as we see it, just because yeah. we'll be able to react to it next week, and we'll all have our thoughts. Be able to digest it a little bit. A little more a little more composed. Okay. E3, the, E3 um, special next week, coming at you. Yeah, no, no. I mean, we can do one, you know. We're gonna, Not that I... I mean, we can, we can talk about it as they come up, but I, I just think that the off-the-cuff is kind of... Yeah. We're going to bust Dan in. I hey, I told you guys I I was trying. One of my colleagues is going, um, and I was like, man, oh, is there any way you can get an extra? And he was like, no, I tried last year. And he's like, he's like, we might be able to sneak you in. Maybe you could pose as me. And he like showed me his his driver's license, and like this guy's like five six, and, and it was like, a woman. Yeah, and it was just like, and it was yes, and it was a woman. <laughs> um, and the- no, it just and it was one of those things. I was like, this is not gonna happen. Like we, I can't. I can't bust into E3, but man, I wish. Oh God, they're getting super strict about badges. They're there. getting really strict about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how well, is he after, going? Is it, is it because he, work work he works paying for him to go? Things. Yeah, he's he's like the head of the VR lab. So um, okay. he's a brand center, he's a brand center CT alum actually. What year? It's an industry event. But I don't know. I don't even know. Like I would want to go to E3 because that's been this thing that's been in my life for so long that I want to be there. But after being at PAX and having no interest in waiting in lines at all, E3 is all lines, and yeah. that sounds yeah. like. See, now I, I would go to a press conference. I was just gonna say I, I would go. I would want to go for the press conferences. I would want because then you can there. just. There's a seat. You can sit down. You can listen and watch. And <laughs> there's a seat. There's, there's a seat. seat. You can sit down. One. That's fucking awesome. Um, no, but I mean, like, instead of just st- standing saying. around in lines all day, you actually have like a spot that's like your spot. You can go. You can watch this press conference. Get the things you need to get out of it, and then kind of move forward so i well and no part of me wants to play a demo for 10 minutes and then think about the game i just played for the next four the months the only game that i yeah. would stand in line for zelda right yeah <laughs> which i understand that too but like i sat there and i was so mad about the way the guy smelled next to me for the monster Hunter generations demo and i love monster hunter like i fucking but love, you monster don't love hunter, sweaty smelly men but i hate smelly people hate them no, um, i, I think I think I know the answer to this, but there aren't any kind of competitive events that happen during E3, are there? No. Like sports any games? Esports things? No. But apparently... I mean, it'd be, be kind of cool if they did that at the same time. You could go see a press conference, then then watch some kind of esports thing. I mean, but like... They have a PAX. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that would work in a press event like that, because I mean, like, yeah. there's no... 
fandom there. It's all, it's all trade, industry. Uh, yeah, trade journalists. Um, yeah. But I feel like by the time uh, Mason, we we get a chance to get to E3, it's just going to be like a cardboard box in the corner of LA. And it's just going to be by like... By the time we go to E3, it's going to be a giant fucking Google Hangout. And it's just a <laughs> bunch of little screens. And then like it's the EA screen. And then like someone coughs and they take over the master screen. Like, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> Um, and I think that, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'd ever, I think like, I think going to the, the, the big, uh, press conference would be nice, but also even then, like, I think I'm more interested in hearing giant bombs feedback of the press conference. Oh at yeah. This I point love watching and, like, those. And their stuff is amazing. Like they set the standard for like how I want to watch E3, which is watch them watch E3, which is so fucking weird. What, that's- you, what you need to watch everyone listening is that you need to watch the Xbox one announcement like event because uh don matrick draws out the naming of the console for so long that you just see everyone in the giant bomb office just like like just cringing and just gritting their teeth and it's like literally 30 seconds of just everyone like about to explode and and then (laughs) then they say xbox one and then they all just deflate (laughs) (laughs) who's the the best things ever happened on their live stream though is when they had uh phil spencer and Jeff Garsman turns to him and he says, "What's it going to take for Microsoft to stop releasing broken games?" Yeah, and and Kudos Sanudo like <laughs> looks at him, and there's this there's this like eternity of him like waiting to say what he says, and he's like, "Well, well, you know," and then he goes to his answer. Right. But it's probably like one of the highlights I've ever seen of like that was a good question to ask the head of Xbox. Um, but I, you should watch Giant Bomb's E3 content; it's the best. Also, last year. The guy that ran Disney Infinity's, um, was it marketing or what does John Vignacki do? I, no, he's head of like D- Disney Interactive or Disney Infinity. What he was. Yeah. But um, there's a guy named Dave Lang that owns a studio called Iron Galaxy and they, they make uh, Killer Instinct now. They made this game called Dive Kick. They ported the Arkham Knight port. I know this story. This is a good story. And, uh, and I, I guess they, they were having a couple drinks on air. And the John Vignacki, who's a high up executive in Disney Interactive, tweets out Dave Lang's actual phone number to fuck with him. His personal cell phone number. His personal cell phone number. And on air, Dave Lang's like, you fucking what? (laughs) And takes his phone and he's like, it's ruined. And he throws it behind him. And it's like one of the best things. I've Because I remember I was watching. I was like, this isn't real. It's pretty cool. Because he's just looking at it, just blow up. He's like, did you just fucking tweet my phone number? And he's like, yeah. And then he's just like, well, <laughs> my wife's not going to be able to reach me for the rest of this weekend. And just ditches he the phone. He got another phone. He owns a studio. He can afford to go to a Verizon he got store. A burner. A new... <sighs> There's ways. All I'm saying is that, hey, if John Vignacca can get away with that, then I'm, I'm good to do something stupid. <laughs> Just kidding. And so, Just everyone, kidding. here is Mason's phone number. <laughs> oh, yeah, you put it out there. Whatever, all our phone numbers are out there, this. man. Yeah. We've all, yeah. Every single one of us has signed up for some service that has sold our phone number to a list. Yes. I guarantee it. Accidentally. Yeah, solicited marketing. Well, when, yeah. you get a, when you get a number from, uh, or when you get a call from a number that you're not familiar with the number, like, how much of a discussion is it in your head of whether or not that number is, like, important and you should probably take the call? Or just let it go to voicemail, or like take the risk that they might not leave a message. Like what? what? I always answer it. I always answer. Oh, it. really? I always don't answer I, it. I'm like, I well, usually don't. It depends on the zip code. It depends where they're calling from. But yeah, 
I, I answer and wait about a second to see if the recording immediately starts playing. Like, this is your credit loan, blah, blah, blah. And then I just hang up. I have several family members who change numbers often. So, you know. <laughs> makes just it, makes to, it. Just, just got this under line. The, under the radar. I need you to no, wire I call me. And, like, I have, like, family in Pinckneyville and, like, in Des Moines. So, I'm like, they're all just these, you know, flyover spots. And I'm like, all right, I'll answer the phone call. Pinckneyville, Illinois. That's not a real place. It's a real place. They have a Dairy Queen. It's like Spotsylvania. <laughs> is that the definition of a, of a real place? They have to have a Dairy Queen as long as you have a Dairy Queen and then you, you call hey, Dan, They also got yeah. seats there, bud. Seats. Okay, <laughs> they got everything can you, you want. Hold on, hold on. Can you sit in these seats? Yeah, bud. Right, I'm sold. And eat Dairy Queen. Let me and tell you. you. Get yourself you a... You could put a 4G hotspot and watch the press conference there. Dairy in Queen. In the Dairy Queen. In this. What are those things called? Um, not Frosties, not Slurpees. Uh, whatever. Blizzards? Blizzards. There Blizzards. you go. Get yourself a Dairy Queen blizzard and... Now I'm gonna it... take my Slurpee to Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck the man! Oh, how dare you? Do you know who? Yeah, do you know I'm who badass. owns Dairy Queen? Who? Warren Buffett. Seven Eleven. Of course he does. Warren Buffett he bought won. Dairy Queen like ten years ago, and my first guess was gonna be the the Coke Brothers. No, nope. that's Warren far Buffett. Off. I can imagine how that exchange went. It's like he just got denied service at a Dairy Queen one time. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah? You like that? I'll buy you. I'll be back. <laughs> now, is it a walk-in Dairy Queen or is it just the window service? Because that's like the, the, the true lap of luxury if it's a walk-in Dairy Queen. I don't think I've ever seen one. I've only seen um, uh, window service DQs. Really? What? Yeah. yeah. You are from the you, north. You are. From, yeah, yeah that's, a north, that's a northern Jersey. thing. No, on the boardwalk. Where I'm from, you sit down at Dairy Queen after church. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually a thing I did. Derek, hey, I have fond memories of Dairy Queen as a kid. Like, dude, the um Dilly bars. Yeah, 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 those little little, like start, like start, like sherbet on a stick, right? Yeah, those are good. You can have sherbet on a stick anytime. All right. Yeah. Well, we had Rita's. Frozen yogurt and frozen stuff. custard. I don't even frozen custard. custard. Excuse me. Fuck yeah. your state. You can't even pump your own <laughs> gas there. I Jesus Christ. Rita's is actually a Pennsylvania thing, yep. and I learned how to pump my gas in high school because I didn't go to school in New Jersey. All right. Well, I guess I'll take it back. Lawyered. The uh, I keep forgetting Pittsburgh's in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. The only city in Pennsylvania is Philadelphia. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Ooh. Well, don't let them hear you saying that. No. In Pittsburgh? The only city yeah. in Pennsylvania is is Allentown. My dog. Yeah. It's Quakersville. <laughs> is the Quaker guy from Pennsylvania? The Quaker guy? I wouldn't be yeah, surprised. the guy from Quaker Oats? Qu- Quaker man. So, Kelly, <laughs> Kelly went to Quaker school. Kelly, my wife, Kelly, went to Quaker school for high school, and their mascot was the Quaker Oats guy. <laughs> yeah. like Isn't that like, that's like the... He's, <laughs> You know, no, that's copyright infringement. Quaker Pope. I'm being offensive. I'm sorry. The <laughs> Pittsburgh has a lot of bridges, guys. Oh yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. There are a lot of a lot of, lot of hills. Tell me about Pittsburgh bridges. bridges. Uh, I go under about ten of them when I row, and it's nerve wracking because I have to watch out where I'm going a lot more. Oh, for the pilings. Mm-hmm. But so you guys pilings? like like Pittsburgh? I, I like it a lot. Oh, it's great here. Remember how like not stoked yes. I was back in April? Totally changed. Nice. Um, it's beautiful here. It's great. Nice. How's LA? The people Dan? are nice. LA's great. It's yeah, been, it's been great. Um, has the smog destroyed your lungs yet? 
No. Uh, although there was one day last week that was we got out of work and it was like it was weird. It was like there was a forest fire or something because, but there wasn't. It was just this like fog. It might have been. I'm convinced California is always burning. I, so, so I've been when I ha- last time I lived out when here, I had my layover in LA, I saw the smog as I was flying. Oh, it was yeah. just a chemical like, plant. Oh, it's, it's visible from the sky. <laughs> chemical plant next door to Team One. Yes. Yes, it's it's called Microsoft. <laughs> no, boom. We have um, we're, we share a space with Microsoft, Sony, EA. Uh, and you didn't get an E three pass. You could have just killed one of those fuckers. I know. <laughs> You're not by the EALA campus, are you? Uh, yeah. Oh, I remember when that opened, and I was like in like fifth grade, and I was like, I want to work at EA when I grow up. Is that? Do you, hey, do you remember those? Um. Toy Store uh, sweepstakes that would happen when we were growing up where they would give a kid a shopping cart and give him like yeah. two games to run through the store get everything he could you should stage an elaborate version of that but just run through the Microsoft office <laughs> and and be like screaming and blowing whistles and just throw all the stuff into a shopping so cart I always, I always thought those kids were stupid right because they'd go and they'd find something huge that took forever to get to and didn't cost much money and I'd be like man I would just go straight to the video game aisle and just put every video game thing yeah. all in my cart oh yeah or Lego I sets thought- I would go to the most expensive part of the store and then take all that home and then resell it and then come back when I could get what I wanted because there's no so, way. Dan, to answer your question, yes, all those other kids were stupid. <laughs> well, were you the kid? I was the kid that I would sit there and I have two toys in my hand and I only had $10 because it's like whatever I had saved up and yeah. I would spend an hour deciding which oh, one I absolutely. wanted. Same I still like am. the thought of doing a cart thing was the most terrifying thing. Like I would sweat watching it. I'm like, how is he going to know what he wants? He's just going to get a bunch of Barbies. He doesn't want all those Barbies. But, but he's just going to freak out and just put them all in there and they're like, shit, he's my cart's He's in the full. wrong space. If it was What's me, the video would start and they'd be like, go, and i just lay down face down and I'd be like, let, let it in. <laughs> <laughs> but if you Aww. ran to the Microsoft campus doing that, all Dane would accumulate is like office cups yeah and, and it's like and, and it's specifically <laughs> it's like the microsoft office like that's what they do at that particular office is they work on microsoft office oh that's so yeah. sad <laughs> i don't know it'd be kind of i mean it's not the most exciting thing but it'd be kind of cool to work on like one of the biggest softwares in the world but i don't know i'd like to imagine the temperament of like the office devs just like very button up just kind of like hello yeah yeah. We make office products. So Can someone explained to me why Microsoft Word takes ten minutes to boot up on any machine. Because <laughs> right? that's what I can't sucks. understand. Because it's, it's because one of the designers joined on to make a difference and had his dream stamped out. And, and Microsoft Office is what it is today. So they they counted out a line of code, so it takes ten minutes to boot. <laughs> as his revenge. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I imagine that it's just so much stuff that has to work on like legacy stuff and making sure it works on literally. Like you can you can run Microsoft Word on your car stereo. Like it needs to run on everything. <laughs> Is it like Doom? You just run yeah. Doom on anything and run yeah. Microsoft like Office on anything. Just, I would, it's your litmus <laughs> test. Can Doom run it? I would imagine it's because they're using spaces <laughs> when they should be using tabs. Uh, <laughs> I just lost that, that so episode. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. I got so infuriated. I didn't know how much I cared about that specific issue until I watched that episode. <laughs> I was like, fuck, if you're using spaces, you are a terrible human being. You are horrible. You are worse. That, that woman. He's an idiot. What was he doing? <laughs> oh, it's so good. Wait, though. whose side are you? Wait, which side are we taking here? I'm on. I'm on the side of this. Of uh, Richard needs to chill the fuck out and not let it destroy a potentially good thing. I don't know. If someone handed me a thing that was like we're using spaces and not tabs, I would. I wouldn't even know how to read it. <laughs> It'd be like reading Chinese for me. 
I used the tabs. OCD side of me is with you on that one. I'm not even a developer, and I know what this is about. I I, I never I never knew I cared so much about it until I started caring about it. Oh, it's also. <laughs> I mean, I get, I never even crossed my mind that you could use spaces. Yeah, because why would you? I've always yeah. yeah. It, it always made sense for it to like hierarchy, and, and like that's how you know. I don't know. Because yeah. especially in Python, there are no brackets. Yeah. So the way right. you determine it's you all know, it, levels. It's, it's all about it's, yeah. It's tabs. Or, or if you use CoffeeScript too, it's all just spaced out. Now here's another argument. So does do you put when you do an if statement? Does the first the opening bracket go on the same line or a new line? I do same line. Same line. I do same line. Yeah, I do same line too. But some people are like, no, it has to be a new line. <laughs> no, I do same line because then my brain is like. I'm used to looking for that and then finding its its buddy. Yeah. Oh. The best is when someone does if the the logic opening bracket and then whatever processing they want to do and then close bracket all on the same line. Ooh, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> when it's small enough to do that. Oh. It's real bad. That's real bad. My professors do that a lot to like just save space. It was like, "All right, it was like, oh, cool. This is only like ten lines. Oh, wait, no, it's actually twenty. But you put like three lines on the single line because you hate me because you secretly hate me. Just you, you. just raise your. You should have just raised your hand and been like, "Do you hate me? <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Excuse me. The fuck is this? <laughs> they just smashed I my laptop. Wouldn't put it past you, <laughs> sir. Have you seen? I was just gonna say that. <laughs> Beat me to it. Goddamn it. <laughs> Colin Farrell did a good job. He did. He did. He, he did. did. He, he did. did. They all did. Vince Vaughn did. That, see, that was the only thing I could say and still believe it. Like the rest ever? of it would just be in your whole life. No, I, yes, ever. I have no other conviction other than that. And that Colin is that Farrell, Colin Farrell did a good did job. A good job. Season two. I thought Vince Vaughn was like a solid seven out of ten, but I wanted there were scenes where Vince Vaughn did really well, and other scenes where he kind of walked back to his hug it out mode. I think the writing direction and pacing were a solid like three out of ten. Yeah, guys, do you see the uh, review I sent about the new Voltron TV show? I saw uh, that you posted. I haven't a chance to read it. Um, IGN really, really liked it. Oh, really? Well, IGN can go fuck themselves. I never. Whoa! Wow, that's a strong feeling. Care to elaborate? No, I was just, I was, just, I was just okay. being, making jokes. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the the five year old in me is super excited about the new Voltron series. I've never. Yeah. I've never seen Voltron. I have no stake. I like um, robots. There you go. That's all you need. I like Zoids. Hey, <laughs> you'll love this. <laughs> Man, I remember Zoids. Yeah, Zoid was the shit, dude. Yeah. That show had like really good animation at a time when everything was kind of like and eh, meh. I um IGN's always had like an entertainment wing that reviews movies and, and mm-hmm. TV shows. And all I remember is I read a review where they they didn't spoil the ending and and I and I have I like I like IG and Snapchat a lot. I think it's a really well done thing. Like I think they make good content sometimes. But for whatever <laughs> reason, this movie review set it up so they figured the ending out by reading the review and they didn't outright say it, oh, but they shit. like set it all up. Which review is it? Doing? I don't remember. But ever since then, I was like, man, I don't want to read movie reviews anymore. So. Just just in general, not even IGN, just across the board, burn it all down. So, like if I want to know like a litmus test of how a movie's doing, I'll go to like Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and I'll read the little bites. I think Rotten Tomatoes does a good job too because they pull like slash film. But usually, if I I listen to slash film podcasts, and if they like a movie, they're kind of my like barometer. I like the way that mm. that uh, 
they all think. Yeah. And they all think very I, differently. So they, they really like, like two of them really like Civil War and one of them didn't like it, but hmm. it was still cool. Gotta have that dynamism. Wait, Dan, have you seen Civil War? Not yet. Uh, so go see it. It's I, pretty good. We were, talk, we were talking about Apocalypse earlier, but I think this year is probably the worst year to come out with an ensemble superhero movie because I think it's going to be hard to beat Civil War. Yeah. I think they did the best job of having this just jam-packed superhero fun fest. And right, I mean, I, I really, really liked it, but I can also understand why people wouldn't like it. But I just think being Superman versus Batman, which is still, there's so many parallels apparently in the, the pacing and stuff. And then Apocalypse, which is just, there's so many superheroes in Apocalypse. Yeah. I will say mm-hmm. with Apocalypse, though, at least you're you're just maintaining the same universe that you're not. They didn't really introduce anybody new. Um, they showed they, they showed, showed a few Apocalypse. they showed a few origins. Uh, you know, they introduced uh, they introduced Cyclops and Jean Grey. Uh, which how is Jean Grey? So I will say yeah, how are the new kids? I love the actress who plays Sansa. Uh oh, I did not like her as Jean Grey. Oh, that's a shame. Is it because she married another king and then she was like a total asshole for three seasons and then she became cool? <laughs> yeah, after that she all, got raped. That all happened in the, in the movie. That sucks. Um, did you stick around for the post credit stuff? I heard there were a couple yeah, cool setups. Yeah, it was... So in the movie, um, uh, Scott and Jean are with uh, Nightcrawler and they are trying to bust out uh, Mystique, Beast, and uh, one other. That's one. all the blue characters. You don't have any more. Yeah, blue it's all characters. the blue characters. Uh, and <laughs> and they find Wolverine. They are. Uh, they because they they'd taken they'd taken uh, the, they were trying to bust them out of this government facility, which is where they were like engineering Wolverine. So the post credits Weapon X facility. Yeah, the yeah. post credits are Weapon Plus. Uh, spoiler warning. Um. During the movie, they basically like destroy everyone in this government facility, find Wolverine, and let him out, and he like runs out into the snow. Um, Are not they setting up Old Man Wolverine or Old Man Logan? They showed uh, X twenty. So right? yeah, so at the very end of the movie, uh, they take out they take out his DNA and they put it in a briefcase with a bunch of other vials uh and close it, and it says um, it's a com- it's a corporation. It's like X. Xeon Corp or something like that. Oh, that's weird. It's supposed to be Weapon Plus. Yeah. So, so that it, I was not familiar with the references they were making. I'm not sure what they were setting up exactly. Um, but yeah, I think it's the new Batman movie. Yeah. <laughs> I did like I did like um, the sequence in the movie. They said Wayne. They did some cool on background on Magneto. Um, that he kind of was like living in Poland, at, like in a cabin in the woods, and he had a wife and a daughter and. Uh, basically, that that he like was on on job at this like smelting factory, and hot liquid was gonna hot molten iron was gonna pour on this guy, and so he like saved him. Uh, and then so everyone cool. everyone figured out it was Magneto, and then they came and like were trying to take him in, and his wife and daughter both accidentally got killed, uh, and so he like f- flipped out and was like, "Fuck the world, I hate all of you," and. So it was an, it was an interesting kind of origin story thing for Magneto um, coming from. I actually didn't see Days of Future Past. Is but I, every X Men movie just Magneto's fucking origin story then? <laughs> basically, it's just like, yeah. well, it, they, they tie yeah, them all together. Holocaust, it's the they tie and they tie it together. So, they actually go to Auschwitz in this movie. Um, 
No, dude, dope Magneto sequences in almost every X Men movie are awesome. Whether yeah. it's X Men oh, yeah. Two, well, Fastbender, you got you got Fastbender and Ian McKellen are the two actors playing him. Like, come on, that's I mean, yeah. I love the scene. Hey, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. When he's going no, and looking I, for I the guys that are the former Nazis, and he pulls yeah. his tooth out. Yeah, with the in Mexico, yeah, in, uh, first in first class, the knife. That's so cool. Yeah. Dude, First Class um, is probably my favorite X-Men movie, though. First Class is so good. Oh, it's so it's, good. That's so good. Hey, guys, speaking of um, Batman movies, early reactions are out to Suicide Squad, and uh, while they're mixed, they're generally positive. And one of the highlights is that uh, apparently it completely redeems the cinematic version of Batman, makes him cool again, and it's been compared to Batman the Animated Series. In Which terms I started of watching again two days ago. Solid. It's so good. It's so good. It's so so good. Oh yeah. It's um <laughs> you know. It it's good. It's good. Good. Good good. Good. So good good. good, good, good. It's Dylan, all good. Have you been playing good. any games? Bad. Bad bad. Uh before we started recording I played like thirty minutes of Witcher. Witcher. Yeah. That's all Where are you at? That's all I've had time for. I'm still looking for Dandelion. I just started the quest where are you, you in uh, help. Yeah, I'm helping. Um, what's his face, Dykstra, mm-hmm. with his money problems. You like Dykstra? It, I like him. I mean, I don't. He's a obviously they have a past together. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about like what their previous run-ins. I know I broke his ankle. Uh, <laughs> but beyond that, they're both from the north. Oh, okay. And Roach. Have you met Roach yet? The horse, no. Vernon Roach. God damn it. Same kind no, of me last you, week. Yeah. Um, I fucked Dykstra I over in a big way. And then it came. Oh, it came I didn't know it, where that sentence was going. Oh, no. uh, you know, it's Witcher. You know, that's what he does. Yeah. Dude. The Witcher. The Mason Witcher. Just. Witcher. I didn't even mean to do this. But like anytime a romance option, it just. I was like, oh, Geralt's banging someone else again. Like at this point, I was like, <laughs> oh, Geralt. You're gross. Who is the sorceress that you meet early in Witcher Chris? 3? No, 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 no. The blonde one. The blonde one? Oh, oh, um, 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 fuck. I know you're talking about. Well, I, well that's why I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh. Wait, you yeah. like her, like, weird little garden thing or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. And then she, yeah. Well, um, no spoilers for Dan. Yeah, because um, I'm going to probably but, play this game yeah. as soon as I get back east. I will say, um, like, I understand, like, how some you know some of these female characters i don't like the way i mean i don't know that much about tris's backstory but i didn't get a good vibe from tris i like tris and the the cleavage like going from the top of the boobs to the bottom of the boobs in her outfit was kind of off-putting to me (laughs) when you first meet her in novigrad and um same thing with uh the woman whose name we can't remember yeah, like it's a it's a heavily sexualized. Yeah, game. her top in just about every way. She just has to stand at like three quarters positions. Like, oh, there's a nipple. There's dude, the alternate nipple. costume is even more revealing. Oh, good. Yeah, is it just like a shirt and then there's holes cut out where her nipples are? Like, how can you be more revealing? <laughs> um, let's just say the cut in the middle is so wide that it's it's probably being propped up by her nipples. <laughs> what are we talking about? Triss's alternate costume. And how sexualized no, that game is. It's 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 silly. Yeah, it's it, it's it's the Witcher. That's that's kind of what it is. I mean, we see uh, Geralt's butt like a hundred. You do times. see a lot of Geralt butt. 
Yeah. I haven't seen Yagero, but I've seen his abs, his scarred up abs and back. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Equal God. opportunity nudity. The I think it's so wait, you don't, you I don't think like it's a little more gratuitous though? on the women's side. Oh, totally. You don't like his character? I I just didn't get a good vibe from her. Um I don't know. Maybe maybe having played She's kind of the Witcher too. Well, she so she's a little frosty because of the the past she has with Geralt. And you can kinda of, if you haven't played the previous games, you can you can still pick up on that in later interactions, but uh, well, I mean, I'd say if she, that's probably where the bad vibes are coming. If she was from. icy, that's fine. She just seemed kind of flat. Oh, really? I thought mm-hmm. but everything you were describing. Ah, uh, ha, 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 ha. Uh, ha, ha. That was lame. <laughs> Boops. It's a boob joke. Um, I, I might just be pulling in my own background knowledge and giving her more character than she actually. No, I, I think I, to me, she's got a lot of. She's kind of more bubbly. She's kind of the. Her and Dandelion exist as these. More. Uh, not somber. I don't know the word for it, but like bubbly characters in the in the universe, and and Zoltan too. Upbeat. But I kind of like I like her foil. And did you go to the party with her? No, I haven't gotten there. So yet. that's where. Uh, yeah. So I would. You, I think you're still. It's still. There's still more happening with her. Okay. Um, but I'll be interested to see. They were handsome. We, and, yeah, Tris and I just had a like a not a bubbly conversation. It's, it's after the. Uh, the mm-hmm. the rat mission, yeah. So yeah, I wish there was an option in that game similar to you'd seen like Mass Effect two or three, where it's like, hey, remember when we did that thing? And you'd be like, no, please remind me of the thing we did in the previous <laughs> and game. Some, and sometimes they do, but you're right. A lot of it, especially with those characters, you know, and um, the I'll be interested to see what you think of Yennefer when she becomes a bigger character in your game. I liked Jennifer at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, I think you're going to really she like was... Jennifer's mm. later stuff, too. Yeah, I've liked her so far. But she's they're, they're, they're very different. Like, Triss is kind of this... this, And they're not, like, stereotypes, but, like, they're oh, very yeah. just... They're meant to be, like, almost opposite of each other because they're they're two different parts yeah. of his uh, past. So. Also, Jennifer rolled in the Wild Hunt with him, with a uh, girl. So. It's a good game. It's a really good game. Oh, I... Did not know that. Oh yeah, they talk about it in the beginning. It's not a spoiler. Okay, yeah. I mean, is it, I'm still. There are a couple little things I'm going to catch up on. Well, guys, you got anything else? Not I said the fly. Nope. Take it away, theme song. <laughs>